everybody. Welcome back to the Lockdown Lemmings Podcast. Today is Thursday, May 7th, 2020. I am your host, Detroit Sports Editor Noel Bianchi, here today, as always, with longtime Red Wings fan Ethan Smith. Thanks for having me, Nolan. Hey, you're welcome. Uh, and today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Our partners over at Built Bar have set us up with a wonderful, wonderful gift for you guys. Uh, use a promo code Locked On. Start building your first box of the best tasting protein bar on the market today and get $10 off your order. The money just goes, you know, you get to the checkout, put all your stuff in there, then you enter the promo code. Guess what happens? It's like somebody takes one of those pink magic erasers and just takes $10 right off. It's pretty, uh, pretty cool. So uh, be sure to do that. We got a good episode for you guys today. We're just going to kind of update everybody with what's been going on with all the, the draft lottery talk, all the speculation that's surrounded, where the Red Wings will pick, uh, some recent reports coming out lately that uh, will be pretty beneficial to uh, Steve Eisman and his efforts to rebuild the Detroit Red Wings. So we will get into that, maybe some uh, go over some of the problems that they're running into at this point in time. And also, we have a very special announcement for you guys, don't we, Ethan? Oh, yes, we do. <laughs> uh, so we, Tuesday night, we're recording this on a Wednesday. Uh, we recorded a 75-minute interview with Darren McCarty. Uh, you will be able to get that Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. We talked about pretty much everything under the sun. Uh, great interview. Very excited for you guys to hear it. Uh, but I think we're going to release that in a three-parter to start off next week. Uh, should be pretty good. I'm really looking forward to it. I've already listened back to it. Haven't started the editing process, but uh, I had so much fun doing the episode on Tuesday that right after it happened, I, uh, I downloaded the, the video. I just listened to it while I was cleaning my room for the rest of the night. So it was, it was great. Yeah. I'm still really riding high from it. <laughs> we, uh, we went over, he, he said some really interesting things about Mike Babcock, Scotty Bowman gave some great color to the 97 championship. The brawl on March 26, 1997, what that summer was like for him. Uh, the summer before, after the Red Wings had set the league record for wins, and then Chris Draper's face uh, being smashed into the boards by Claude Lemieux unceremoniously caused them to exit that playoff series. And then tomorrow, uh, we are going over three games that you guys may have forgotten about that we uh, the people don't talk about a lot. Uh, we've been doing a lot of rewinds back to uh, past games and stuff like that, and... Uh, there, there are certain ones out there that maybe didn't end in a championship or, or were just, you know, special for whatever reason uh, that we're going to be talking about on that one. I think we're going to do the 2002 Western Conference final game six uh, against the Colorado Avalanche, go over the Statue of Liberty goal scored on Patrick Waugh. We're going to talk about Dan Cleary's game seven winner to, in the Western Conference semifinal against the Ducks in 2009. Uh, and then lastly, we're going to go over the last – playoff win at Jolos Arena and the last playoff win for the Detroit Red Wings in their 25-year playoff streak, which has not uh, been started up once again. Uh, I think four straight years of missing the playoffs. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Are, are you excited, Ethan? I'm very excited. This podcast just keeps getting better. I know. Uh, so, so lead us in on some of this draft talk. Tell the people what's been going on lately. So basically, um, with everything that's going on, the NHL's trying to get fans involved again, get them some excitement. So they're thinking about moving the draft up to June, which is, well, honestly, when they it was, it was supposed to be at the end of June. They're thinking about doing it earlier in June before all of these, before the start, it, the sport starts up again. Yeah. And in this proposal that they're do and that they want to do, 
they have them going back to the version of the draft lottery they used in 2012. And people are so, upset about this. People who aren't Red Wings fans are quite <laughs> upset about it. Toronto Maple Leafs fans are very upset about it. Montreal Canadiens fans. Yeah, I mean, I'm very sorry. upset about it. Ottawa, Ottawa. Yeah, Greg Wyshynski, we're fans. talking to you. James Murdo, we're talking to you. <laughs> um, so in this version, only the bottom five teams can win the lottery instead of the 15 that didn't make the playoffs. So, and also four spots is the most you can move up. So the Red Wings, their odds of winning the draft lottery went from 18.5 to 57. We have a 57. Yeah. I mean, hey, I mean, I'll take it. Believe in Steve. Yeah. Believe in Steve. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, believe in the coronavirus at this point. Like, I don't don't even care anymore. All right. Okay. Sorry. We have a a 57% chance of getting the first overall pick and a 43% chance of getting the second overall pick. But that's 100%. And that's 100% us getting somebody who's going to make a difference immediately. If we drop down to four, I mean, there's three studs in this draft, and we could have missed out. But now we're guaranteed at least. Yeah, one. And, uh, and that's what people are really upset about is the fact that the Red Wings, are at least just kind of the general idea that I get is the fact that they're going to be guaranteed a top two pick. And then there's this argument – that they shouldn't be rewarded for blatantly tanking. And that's, that's to me, the thing that I've seen the most out there on Twitter, uh, on pretty much all social media, is, is the fact that people are thinking that the Red Wings are being rewarded for tanking. But at the end of the day, that's what the lottery is. No? And at the end of the day, Nolan, we didn't tank. We were in the playoffs for 25 years. Yep. There's, there was no tanking in this. We had 15 different people playing defense, defense for us this year. Our best defenseman, our most reliable defenseman, who was going to play the most minutes this year, played eight games before he was done with back surgery. Yeah. This, that stuff happens. We, we had a monumentally horrible year. We had a lot of young p- players that were unproven having to come play for this team. We had three goalies, and we had a goalie that won two games. That, that's not tanking. That's just a bad team. Well, and I think that the, at the end of the day, too, is uh, tanking in a, of itself is like kind of a, just a controversial topic, but everybody who's bad wants their team to tank. The only, thing that it, the only time that it ever becomes an issue is when something like this comes up and they say, oh, well, just because our team didn't bottom out doesn't mean that they shouldn't have a shot at the number one pick. But I just – I don't see the lot – like. It, and maybe it's just because the Red Wings are in a position to benefit from this change, but I don't necessarily like the more we continue to talk about it. I don't see the logic in the old format, the way it was anyways. I think it's dumb. Like what, I, because here's the thing. You mean right? the current format, the current format, yeah, sorry, the current we can format. Drop four. Yeah. I don't, I don't yeah, like it either. Where we I've can never a drop it. four and then uh, B you have all of these teams who have like a 0.3% chance who were like just on the cusp of missing the playoffs. I don't think those teams deserve a crack at the number one overall pick in the first place. And I get that the idea behind the draft lottery is to prevent teams from tanking. So it doesn't guarantee them a, a number one overall pick. I get that. That's fine. I I completely agree with you. I completely agree with you. Like Chicago jumping up to get Kirby Doc last year doesn't need to happen. And and plus two, going back to what you're saying about tanking, like the Rangers deliberately tanked and traded away half their team. And nobody was complaining when they jumped up. I mean, they were, 
But, like, it's not, like, I, I feel like the hate that the Red Wings are getting is a, a lot higher now because there's really not nothing going on in the sport. So when news like this drops, people are just going to flock to it and complain about it and just talk about it in general. So, I'm, I mean, there's only so much you can do. But, I mean, hey, tough shit, I guess, huh? Great, great time to be a Red Wings fan. It is a great time to be a Red Wings fan. And coming up, we'll talk about all the complications that are surrounding uh, all these potential rule changes. There's a lot of stuff that I think on the surface is, is easy to be forgotten about. Like the, on the surface, the issue is, yeah, just have the draft. And then, you know, you can make a rule where, you know, for the, the playoff teams who are on the cusp, if they do resume the season, uh, you know, are these players going to be eligible? What are the future considerations going to look like? There's a lot of things to figure out. So uh, we'll talk about that in just a second. But first, Bilt Bar. I mentioned last week that Bilt Bar dropped a box off to my house. Uh, and th- there was about 10 in there. I gave five to Ethan, and you have been eating them every day, correct? I have been. I start my day with them. Now let me guess what the first thing that you think when you put that bar in your mouth. What? Mmm. There's no way that this built Bar can be as healthy as they're telling me it is. It tastes too amazing. And I get that. But here are the facts. 20 grams of protein, 170 calories, 3 grams of sugar, 3 grams of net carbs, and that's for the peanut butter brownie. That's my favorite. I've had that one twice already. Uh, they have 16 different flavors. But really, at the end of the day, is the fact that no matter what flavor you get, and you can pick, you can customize your box, you can go on the website. It's kind of like uh, Nike ID. Remember when you go on there and like customize a bunch of stuff when you were a kid? It's the same exact thing. Go to builtbar.com and use the promo code locked on. You'll get $10 off your first order. That's promo code locked on for $10 off at builtbar.com. Builtbar.com, promo code locked on. It seems to me like every single week something about the situation changes. Like I remember two weeks ago, the Red Wings went from an 18.5% chance to a 25% chance. That was, that was the most recent proposal. And I think one thing that's interesting is get excited, obviously, about the Wings being guaranteed a top two pick, but also the fact that they're still very, things are very much up in the air at this point makes me kind of hesitant to get too excited about though the, the, the rumored proposal or, or whatever you may call it uh, is going to end up coming to fruition. So there, you guys have to remember that there are also a lot of trades. Big trades go down at the draft. Um, you know, there's a lot of side deals that are going on for, you know, future considerations. And, you know, there's players that are traded and signed. And if you're planning on doing a draft before, because we don't even know if the NHL is going to come back and say, hey, we're going to try and finish off the regular season or we're going to try and get teams just to about 75 games just as a beginning to go into the playoffs, especially if there's races and stuff like that. There's just, there's so many things that they have to figure out for this. So what Bill Daly came out in an email and said that they think it's more important that they make the right decision than a quick one. So there's no timetable on when a decision is going to be made. It could come later this week. It could come next week. It's just they, they have so many things that they have to figure out because you have to think, too, that th- with the expansion draft coming after this year, this is the offseason where teams are going to start figuring out what they need, what they don't need, who they're going to save in the draft and who they're going to expose in the draft. And if you're looking at this, too, with a draft, if let's say the Boston Bruins make a trade for, you know, Patrice 
not Patrice, but something crazy, dude, you know? So as since the trade deadline has already happened, is Patrice Bergeron going to have to play out these playoffs with Boston? And then once this season's over, he's going to go to the team that they trade, traded him to like, there's, yeah, there's just... yeah, no, I I think Patrice Bergeron probably safe from Boston, but I get the I get, yeah, you know I get what the I mean. sentiment of you know what you're what saying. Mean. No, right? Yeah. yeah, it's a big part of the draft. Like yeah. you got you remember when Vancouver traded Corey Schneider for the ninth overall pick from the Devils? Okay, yeah. so what is Corey Schneider not going to be? Able, is Corey Schneider going to go to his new team now after the trade deadlines already happened? And then you're going back and saying, well, what if there is no? what if they can't get the league going again? So what happens with these conditional picks that, you know, let's say we traded, well, we traded green to Edmonton. What, what happens if Edmonton doesn't make it past the second round and we don't get the second round pick instead of the third round pick? How does, how does all of that work? So, and they're, they right. haven't really talked about that either. Right. Or say, say they do a condensed version of the playoffs and is that going to, mess anything up like it's interesting to me because like this is all under the assumption that there's a 16 team playoff as well right and if you're thinking too with trading players and stuff like that like that they're going to be doing this early but it does seem ideal that the red wings are going to have a 57 percent chance at the first overall pick what are they going to do with like why would you bring those teams back those teams who aren't in the playoff race right like to play because if you're going to have everybody else finish out the season, a regular season, then you, you would kind of have to have the teams not in the playoffs also finish out the season. And the, like, that's the thing too, though, because you can't not have every team playing. Like if you just right. want to say, we're going to do a short, you know, five game schedule before the playoffs start for all the teams that are in the hunt. That's essentially the start of the playoffs. You can't just throw, let's say Edmonton and Calgary, we're battling for that last spot in the division. And now you're going to say, okay, look, quick little series to see who gets in the playoffs. That is the playoffs. These players are going to come from not playing for months into a series for their lives, for that playoff bird. That is immediately a playoff series. That's not like getting back into the swing of things. So you would have to have every team come back and play to a certain degree, to a certain, we'll probably cap it off at 75 games. Probably I would say, just yeah. getting people back into the swing of things. And plus two, you have to think about, you know, these teams all have to travel to certain arenas. They're not going to be holding games in New York. They're not going to be holding games in Michigan. Like that's not going to happen. It's going to be in Arizona. It's going to be in Southern markets where this virus isn't as rampant. I think what's interesting is the players take on this, right? So the athletic actually put out a, a player's poll. I believe the story came out on either Wednesday or Thursday, but uh, you know, there are obviously players who want to continue out the season, but then there are, are other players who seem to be more realistic. Like I got one, there's a quote from a Western conference player. It says, I want to play, but I don't know what the isolation would be like. Are we trapped in the hotel? Can I not see my girlfriend, my friends, my parents? Do we have to play all divisional teams to make the playoffs? How do you play our sport when it's impossible to social distance on the ice, on the bench, in the locker room? The long list of problems seems endless. And I, I 100% agree. Like the logistical standpoint of it, it, it simply doesn't make any sense. 
Uh, there was another Western Conference player. He goes, for almost no revenue, there's this massive cost to try to make this happen. Unless the league wants to fit the bill for all the costs that wouldn't really be there, it makes no sense. And then there's another player who comes on and says, I don't want to play playoff hockey without fans, which I think is uh, – in it's right. like I get that people like, oh, I, they're just craving for everything right now. And it'd be interesting to see, like, I'd be interested to see what the total, like, poll numbers would be for the question, would you want to play the playoffs if it still meant no fans? But this quote from this, uh, this Eastern Conference player here to close out this, this poll, he goes, I don't want to play the playoffs without fans. When you win a cup, the best part is sharing it with all the people you want there. If I can't share with my family or people I want there, it's not the same. If we can't have a parade because of rules, it's not the same. Will we even get the cup for a day? Do people think of these things when they make the decision? They should. Part of it, part of winning is all of that. He's that's a hundred percent right. I, it's, but that's the reality of the situation. If they're they're saying there's not going to be any concerts until the end of next fall, so that that's immediately not. There's not going to be fans at sporting events. That's just not going to happen. And next I guess March Madness is not going to have any fans. Like that's just the reality of the situation. Yeah. And like, it's interesting because like the NFL, there was a report that came out the other day that basically said like the NFL has no plans for not playing this year. That, that will be what it may. Uh, The NFL, they just kind of do what they want, say what they want. And it is what it is. But I think when it comes to the NHL and the NBA too, even uh, we're not an NBA podcast. If you like the NBA, go ahead and check out the Lockdown Pistons podcast hosted by uh, world-class nice guy Matt Shook. But I digress. Uh, the, the thing is with this, I, I think the one thing that makes just canceling the season so unsettling is the fact that they played 70 games. Like, I, th- I think if even like if you're at game 60, you kind of just have a completely different attitude about it, no? Definitely. I mean, it's, it's unfortunate the time that this hit. Um, but, you know, it, there's only, dude, there's just so much uncertainties surrounding this whole situation that even with this draft lottery, just some news coming out where this is what we're thinking about doing. There's still so many uncertain, you know, aspects of this draft. Yeah. And to me, like, I, I think because of the fact that, I think because of the fact that this, the immediate future is so unknown, I think that eventually people are going to realize that the right decision is just to say, you know what, just cancel it. We'll carry out all off season duties regularly. It's unfortunate. It's a very sucky thing that happened, but guess what? The world is a a sucky place right now. It is what it is. And the simple fact of the matter is if you try to intertwine all these things where you have next year's draft before this year's playoffs and you know, all that other kind of stuff, you're just going to complicate. It's a bigger headache than it's worth almost considering that players don't want to, it's not that they don't want to win a cup, but they don't want to win a cup in front of no fans. Like the, the experience that they will get from playing, finishing out the season under circumstances that are almost certain to be there just simply seems completely unworth it. Yeah, I know it's, there's really, there's just no way around this. There's no really good way to do it. It's just like what Bill Daly said. We're just, they're trying to make the right decision rather than just a quick one. That's just going to give fans something to watch and something to do. Cause I mean, you have to think of the livelihoods of everybody too. Cause like you said, these people, these players will be almost certainly like without family without Mm -hmm. friends like they're just going to be isolated like 
the USSR teams were in the <laughs> 70s and 80s. Well, yeah, like there was even hockey. like there was there's like you know uh, reports that the NHL is considering like maybe having a tournament in one location. Like, how does that work? Is the hotel attached to the rink? Like, like I said, the whole thing to me just seems like such a headache that you're going to jeopardize so many different aspects of what we know to be true that it's best to just take the one truth that we know to be the NHL playoffs and just say, look guys, it's not going to happen. It's unfortunate. Sorry, Boston. Not sorry. Uh, Yeah. I mean, sorry for all the teams that gave up first. Yes. Sorry. First round. Yeah. But then there's that aspect to it too. There's also that there's also that to it too of uh, teams wasted assets, team gained assets and so I guess I get it from that point is it's like, Hey, well, we invested, you know, we mortgaged the future for right now. And now to not get any comp, like you'll have to find a way to compensate those teams, but I don't know how. I guess that's, I that's don't one know of the I mean, does, that's just it's, another one of the unknowns. I don't know. That was a long winded way of saying that we don't know anything. Uh, <laughs> it's fun to talk about though. No, it is fun to talk about. And, uh, and I think it's something that even though we don't have any answers and nobody really has any answers right now, it's something that we wanted to uh, keep an eye on, just kind of update you, the listeners, on everything that's going on. Uh, but I think that pretty much does it for this episode. The NHL, like you just mentioned, Ethan, uh, in that email by Bill Daly saying we're looking for the right decision, not the quick decision. Uh, who knows when that'll be? So unfortunately, a lot of people are going to have to be uh, sitting on pins and needles. But right now the, the good news is that the Red Wings currently have a hundred percent chance to land a top two pick uh, as it stands right now, given the reports. So if you're a Red Wings fan root for that. Uh, and yeah, I'm excited for tomorrow. We're going to go over some good moments. Uh, I think it'll be a good time. And then, like I said, on the other side of the weekend, we'll have Darren McCarty on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. So look forward to seeing you guys tomorrow. Same time, same place. Ethan, tell the people goodbye. Bye-bye. We'll miss you.